Back when I was a kid, the Lord said to me, back in a, I, I told you about this, um, He said to me, I was just, I don't know, I, wasn't, I don't think I was 10 years old, but He said, go tell my people I'm coming soon. Yeah. And uh, then later He said to me, uh, when He called me to come here to pastor, He said, <clears throat> what I've said to you before, I say again, go tell my people I'm coming soon. And then He said, tell them to get ready tell them to get ready and uh, I don't know it just seems like I meet a lot of people that the Lord has either visited them or said something similar to their hearts or something of that nature people in the ministry uh, you know it just it's just uh, I believe we're living in the time where that has to be spoken that needs to be be told the people of God need to know it people in the world need to know it just like Noah declared it and said it and said hey you know get, get, get <laughs> you can get in here with us you know um, but uh, because there was judgment coming and uh, but uh, so it's just that time and really there's many many things that I believe God wants us to say here as a, at the church about the return of Jesus <clears throat> he is coming again he's coming back People mock, people say, well, you know, they've been saying that since the, you know, Bible days that he's coming again. Uh, but uh, he is coming again. He said he's coming again. Just as sure as he warned Noah there's a flood coming, he's coming again to take his people out before what's getting ready to happen on this earth happens. And so uh, Noah was in the ark. He wasn't in the dark. <laughs> he knew what was happening. He knew what was coming. He knew what to do about it. He knew where to be. And he prepared. He prepared. And Jesus said over and over again, uh, because you know what time it is, because he said you can discern the face of the sky until there's a rainstorm coming or something. But he said you can't discern the signs of the times. He said wicked and perverted generation. Well, how many of you know that's wicked people that can't tell that, but the body of Christ ought to know. Amen the day or the hour no Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour but I believe particularly I, I have some real convictions about uh, the time frame that we're on here I don't know if I'll get into that I don't know if I'll get liberty to get into that but I really believe that we are close um, I shared with you that uh, some of the main signs one of the main things Jesus said in Matthew 24 to watch for was the restoration of Israel back to their land and uh, he said, that generation will not pass. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Now, I saw a verse today, and I, I don't have time to get into this. Actually, he was referring, I think, in, according to Matthew, I believe it is, whichever account. I might have been looking at Mark. But uh, it, I, he might have been referring to when, the, uh, when Jerusalem was taken back, rather than 1948, from the context. So I've got to do a little more studying on that. But the point is, it can't be long. Can't be long. Praise the Lord. He said, that generation will not pass away. Amen. Amen. So we're right up here against, we're bumping up against the end of the church age. And uh, it's, it's not a time to be unaware of what time it is. It's a time to, Jesus said, watch ye therefore and pray always, for you know not when the Son of Man cometh. Uh, Paul referred to the return of Jesus as it could happen any time. You know, so we should stay ready all the time. But we have to know what ready looks like. Because if you don't know what, if you, okay, be ready, great. What does that mean? Have my hair combed, have the right suit on? What does that mean? 
<laughs> Amen. And I was a kid. They used to preach on re the return of Jesus at the church, and I'll never forget. And I believed it. I mean, I heard it. I'm like, whoo, whoo, whoo. he's coming again. I, I, I better stay ready. And I was afraid uh, anything I did wrong, you know, I just might not go, which is not God. But anyway, uh, the, the point of being ready is not to determine whether you go or not. That's determined by what the, you've, you put your faith in the blood of Jesus. The point of being ready is whether you're ready to stand before him and give an account for your life. 1 John 2, 28 says, you know, right after the verse we all quote about, you know, the unction, the anointing teaches us. And then he said, abide in him that when he appears, you may not be ashamed, but confident Amen. before him at his appearing. So you're going to stand before him, but you might do it one of two ways, ready or ashamed or confident or ashamed. So that's what we mean when we mean ready. You know, it's not like I was a kid and tried, you know, I was scared I wasn't going. Like one time, I, I guess the preacher had just preached on something that was real conscious on my mind. I ran in the house and couldn't find Mama. Mama, Mama, Mama. Nobody's in the house. The house is empty. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus came and I got left. <laughs> mama, Mama, you know. <laughs> that actually happened, man. I was glad to see Mama. So anyway, go over with me over here to... Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse number 17, and I'm going to read the Amplified. Luke chapter 1, and verse number 17 in the Amplified, Jesus is talking, or, or uh, actually this is not Jesus, but uh, um, uh, the angel said, you know, the angel's talking to, uh, let's see here, this is Zechariah. And uh, he's talking to him, and then he's talking about John the Baptist being born. That's that going to be Zechariah's son. Zechariah was the high priest at that time. Remember Elizabeth and Zechariah? They had John the Baptist, and then Mary had Jesus. But uh, when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled there in verse number 12. And the angel started talking to him about this son. You're gonna bear, your, your wife's going to bear a son. In verse 14. Uh, thou shalt have joy and gladness. Verse 15, he'll be great in the sight of the Lord and shall, you know, neither drink wine nor strong drink, so forth. He'll be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And then many of the children of Israel, he'll turn to the Lord their God. And look at this, verse number, now this is uh, King James, first of all. <clears throat> he'll go before him, turn to go before the Messiah, really, Jesus, and uh, in the spirit and power of Elias, and, Elias and, re, and turn the hearts of the Father to the children, the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Yeah. Let me read that in the Amplified. He'll uh, himself go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient and incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom the, of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God. In order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit. Yeah. That, it adds that. Amplified adds, adds in spirit. Adjusted and disposed and placed in the right moral state. Wow. So preparation or being prepared is a condition of heart as well as a lifestyle we're living. It's not just a lifestyle, but it's a condition of heart. But it's not just a condition of heart. It's a lifestyle. 
Amen. Amen. Now this is John the Baptist preparing, Je preparing for Jesus' first arrival. But it's very plainly stated in James and in other places that um, there will be the, the spirit of Elijah that goes before this same preparation, make ready for the return of the Lord. There'll be this, this spirit and anointing to prepare the people of God before he returns the second time. Yes. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. And that, that is getting louder and louder in the earth. Yes. Well, in the body of Christ. Amen. So um, I want you to go over now to here in, uh, where is the second Chronicles, first Chronicles chapter number 12. First Chronicles chapter number 12. In verse number 32. First Chronicles 12:32. Now this is referring to one of the tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. I believe they're a type of the body of Christ today. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, and to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were of their, uh, at their command. I want you to catch that phrase, they had understanding of the times, and because they had understanding of the times, you could say that, they also knew what Israel ought to do. Did you catch that? Those who know what time it is are doing certain things. What a person is doing right now determines whether they realize Jesus is coming back or not. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so this verse reveals that what we are to do, that it determines, knowing what time it is determines us knowing what to do. Amen. And so when we see the day approaching, what are we to do? Well, that's what I want to spend some time on tonight. There's a lot to this. We couldn't cover this in five weeks. But we better get busy getting to it because he's coming. <laughs> well, how many of you remember on Sunday we mentioned one thing to do? Hebrews 10, 25. Amen. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is and exhort one another uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So when you see that, Jesus, that, that day is coming closer and closer, get in church. Amen. Can you say amen to that? What percentage of believers today recognize what time it is? Well, we don't have to do a survey to find that out. We can just look at what they're doing. Look at how they're living. Amen. Are you still glad you came to church tonight? Um, so... Uh, you know, you can say, well, you're being judgmental. No, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said those that know what time it is, they're doing certain things. Uh, we could look at Matthew 24 and look at what he said to be doing there. Luke 21, he mentions, uh, if I go over to Luke 21, we'll just look at one of them right now. Uh, we, we can't do any of these justice completely, do any of them complete justice tonight. But we can just get some of these things in our thought life so that we can begin to, uh, you know, just start a sort of, start making some adjustments in our lives. Yes, Amen. 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 Anybody up for adjustments? Yes, 
So we're in Luke chapter number 21. Let's look. We were uh, there in verse number 34. Where were we in the offering? But I'm going to look at verse 34 again. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. He's talking about the return of the Lord. So he's talking about, well, let's just read verse 35. For as a snare shall come on all them that dwell in the face of the whole earth. But he's, he's not talking to the f- people in the face of the whole earth there. He's talking to his people yeah. and said, make sure that you're not like them. Yeah. That you're not aware what time it is. And that uh, he said, uh, that day come upon you unawares. Then verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and to come that, that, are, that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So it's going to take something more than just I'm saved and I'm, but, but I'm busy and caught up with the affairs of this life to be ready to stand before Him at His appearing. You know, just, just turning a buck, you know, getting the paycheck, enjoying life, just reaching for a bigger house nicer car. Does God not want you to have a bigger house, nicer car? Absolutely. But that can't be what the main thing is. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I might go ahead and start preaching tonight. So there's more to being ready than just saved or born again. It's a moral state. It's a spiritual condition. It's a prayer life. It's, it's, he said, watch ye therefore. That means be alert. Pay attention. Catch. What does that mean, pay attention? You ought to do a study on watching in the Bible. It has to do with being on guard against the strategies of the, of the enemy to get you off course or knock you out. It has to do with watching over the plans of God that God has made for your life and for, for your church and for those that you're connected with and making sure those plans come to pass. Keeping the enemy out of the plans of God. Amen. And uh, it has to do with, uh, many times the word sober is used in connection with watch. In fact, go to, go to 1 Peter. Let's just look at 1 Peter chapter number, um, let's see here, chapter number 3, I believe it is. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. I believe it's chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter number 3, uh, where is it here? 4, I guess it's, where is it? Where it talks about... Uh, the end of all things is at hand. Chapter number 4, or is it Second Peter chapter number 4, verse number 7? The end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore busy with your job. And you know, turning a buck, making sure you... No, be ye therefore sober and watch, watch unto prayer. In other words... Yes, we have a natural life. There are things we've got to do. We have jobs. We have responsibilities. We, we are responsible to take care of our families. I'm not preaching against that. You know, when I say that, you understand what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying that can't be what life is all about. That can't be what, that, that, that's, that's everything to you. No, spiritual things have to be everything to you. And he said, because you know what time it is, because it's the end times, the end of all things, like he said here, uh, be sober and watch unto prayer. We shared on, was it, when, whenever it was, last, any, anyway, we share, shared on a couple services about some of these things. We shared about how that when something uh, like a, uh, a plane flight or you got to be at work by a certain time is approaching, uh, you begin to lay things aside. 
that you, you won't, it's not important right now. Right? What's important is getting on that plane or getting down there to the job or something like that. And that's what we're to be like here at the return of Jesus. We're to be, we're, we're to be just some things have to be laid aside to do what? To give ourselves to here, he said, pray. He said, that, be sober and watch unto prayer, unto prayer. In other words, what this watchfulness will do is, get, is produce a prayer life. You'll be praying about these things. Praying about the end times. Come on, somebody. Bringing your supply of prayer to the, to the work of God. Um, somebody ought to pick up our flights. Just lately, the devil's been trying to get into our air flights. On commercial. I'm talking about commercial. And, uh, you know, delays and all kinds of stuff. Uh, watch ye therefore and pray. So uh, we're, we're, we're needing to recognize that if the Bible says be ready, uh, it would be unfair for God not to show us what ready looks like. It'd be unfair for him to say, just be ready, but don't know what ready looks like. Let's just take this one. You know the parable of right after Matthew 25 or Matthew 24, we have the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. Which, he's, which the whole point of that parable is, be ready, for in an hour you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Be ready. That, that's repeated over and over again in Matthew 24, over and over, which is the great, you know, Jesus' great statements on the end times. <coughs> um, it's repeated there in Matthew 25, the ten virgins. It's repeated in Luke 21. Uh, it's repeated over and over and over again. Mark 13, where Jesus gave different uh, uh, parables, and he said, therefore, be ready. Be ready. Over and over. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Over and over again. And the parable of the ten virgins uh, is a parable saying the same thing, be ready. But the context there was there were ten virgins, but there were five that were wise and five that were foolish. And why were the foolish ones foolish? Because they didn't bring enough oil yes. to keep their lamps burning. Yes. In other words, they didn't stay on fire for God. Yep. They didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Oil and fire is a type of, in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. Yes, in other words, part of being ready and staying ready Come Come is staying full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So when you come to church and you get filled back up, people say, what do you keep going down there to the church for? You say, I'm just staying ready for Jesus to come back. Just staying ready for Jesus. I'm staying full of God. Not full of the world. Not full of my plans. Full of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said to Brother Hagin in a vision along this line, back in, uh, I'd have to look up the date. But he said to him, many of my people, I don't know if I can find the quote as quick as I can quote it, uh, will turn back from the moving of my spirit in the last days and will not be ready to meet me at my coming. That's, that's connecting staying in the flow of the spirit with being ready for Jesus' return. Just like the parable of the ten virgins. So people that are moving today away from spiritual things in church and, and, and catering more to people's carnal side and, and fleshly things, they're not going to be ready to meet him at his coming. 
Thank you for your enthusiasm. I'll preach this to the congregation that really likes it. I'll go, I'll go find somebody that really wants to hear it. I'm just messing with you. I know, I know. Just try to rile you up a little bit, you know. Just. But, but that's a big part of it. Amen. We're just talking about a few things that what ready looks like. You actually read the Bible, it's amazing. All the answers are right there. Um, but go back to with me in your thoughts to Matthew, I mean, uh, Hebrews 10:25, when you see the day approaching, continue, get together more in your church family, your, your own company. Uh, and uh, don't just get together and go to church. He didn't just say go to church there. When you see, uh, he said there, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of so, some is, and not so much the more as you see the day approaching. Notice he didn't say, forsake not going to church. He said, don't forsake assembling. You can be in the same building and not be assembled. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Let's just take a, a, a you, you ever gone to Walmart or whatever and bought a puzzle, you know, because the family's coming over at Christmas and you really can't talk much to them about anything that you really have on your heart, so you get a puzzle for everybody to put together. <laughs> They're interested in a lot of things you're not interested in, so hey, let's just put a puzzle together. <laughs> so, and, and, but you get that puzzle and you open it up and you turn it upside down and you got a bunch of puzzle pieces there, right? They're all in the same place, but they're not assembled. Right? And that's, that's a big difference. There's a big difference between that pile of puzzle pieces being there. They're all in the same place. They're on the same card table. Right? They're within four square feet of each other. But they don't, they, they don't, they, they, there's nothing beautiful on that table. <laughs> right? It doesn't look, like, doesn't look like anything on the box cover, right? And he's saying that's the way we need to come to church. Don't just be there, but be, be in unity. Be in unity. I said be in unity. Well, I didn't like the way they did the big offering. Well, did God send you here or did he not send you here? Amen. So, um, praise the Lord. Now, I thought it was interesting to me. I've been meditating on some of these things. And it's interesting that Jesus said that second part to me. You know, go tell my people I'm coming soon whenever, he was, whenever I was young. And then he said that again when we came here to pastor. But he said that second part, tell them to get ready. He said that when I entered into the pastoral ministry. Amen. Pastoring, in, a big part of pastoring, especially end time pastors, is to get people ready for the return of the Lord. Pastors today have a message that they need to be sharing, just like Noah had a message he was sharing. Amen. And that message was uh, Jesus is coming. I mean, for, for us today, it's Jesus is coming. And uh, you should be in the ark shut in with the promises of God in preparation for the flood of trouble that's coming. 
Amen. Not, I'm not saying we're going through the tribulation, but I'm saying we're, I remember I said on Sunday, the tribulation is not something that just, everything's rosy in the, in the world, and then the church leaves, and then the tribulation, boom, it just hits. It, it casts its shadow before, before it comes. Future events cast their shadow before they come. Um, I mean, that's, that's a little, you, you take a rainstorm. It's just not sunny, and bluebirds are singing, no wind. And then, and, and then the next second, I mean, it's cloudy, it's, yeah. it's dark, it's rain and lightning's flashing. No, it's the ominous clouds. And can anyone see anything ominous? Amen. We got some work to do. Uh, and occupy till I come, he said. So we hold these things back, but, but uh, the thing about it is that we are to say to people, get in the ark. The ark is Jesus, but it's more than that. It's get in the body of Christ, get connected, because the church is the safe place in the last days. It's a protected place, a protected place from winds of doctrine and all kinds of stuff going on out there. You know, the Bible says that, uh, uh, wow, if I get into this, I don't know. <laughs> um, the, the Bible says, let me, let me just, uh, let me see if I can just hit this. This is dangerous, just trying to hit it for a minute. But, um, hallelujah. The, uh, the end times are, the Bible says, well, I'll talk about it from Romans 1, first of all, and then another verse. But the, uh, the Romans 1 talks about God turning people over to a reprobate mind. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And then 2 Thessalonians 2. Let's go over to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. Uh, if I get started, we might not get off of this tonight, but anyway. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2. We're going to start in verse number 8. Then shall the wicked be revealed. Well, uh, my, my, my. I got to back up. Remember you not. He's talking about the return of Jesus here. He said, it's not going to happen until there be a, a falling away first. The man of sin be revealed. Now, people say, well, that falling away is apostasy. And that's exactly right. But there's also going to be the rapture of the church. So um, I don't have time. We'll get into that maybe at another time. The man of sin be revealed. That's that's the he's, he's called the Antichrist by John. John in First John, Second, Second uh, John calls him the Antichrist. Here he's called in verse number uh, three. You in Second Thessalonians two, yes, sir. verse three. He's called the son of perdition. He's called the man of sin. Yes, yes. That's another name for him. There's about thirteen names for the Antichrist just in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there's about thirty-three. Uh, he, he's called that Assyrian. He's called many, many things. Uh, but anyway, verse 4, Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he has God sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not, we could say so much, but let's keep reading. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. The church is holding back, really God through the church. That's how, that's how God, God, he is God through the church, is holding back the, uh, the Antichrist spirit. Now, the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 2, that there are already many Antichrists. 
Again, you know what that is? That is a foreshadowing of things to come. There are many antichrists, little a, but then there will be the antichrist who will embody all that any of the, you know, uh, really people like Hitler. He was a, a antichrist, not the antichrist, but people like that. Anyone against Christ is yielding to the spirit of antichrist. Amen. The Pope yields to it in another means of the word. Anti doesn't just mean against. It also means in the place of. In the place. It's, it, it always means against Christ. But some people are against Christ by trying to take his place. Jesus said there would be many Christs. People come and say, I'm Christ. Um, the Pope yields to, he's against Christ. Don't make, don't make me get, get in your seat and preach this to you. That man has more of the spirit of Antichrist on than any five men you put together. He's against Christ, but he's trying to take the place of Christ. Let me give you a couple of his quotes. You want to hear a couple of things Pope Francis said? Why is it? Uh, I'll have to close this app and get it to work. Devil, you better shut up. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. September 2013. Even atheists and gays can go to heaven just based on their own conscience. June 25th, 2014. It's dangerous for anyone to believe that he can have a personal, direct, and immediate relationship with Jesus Christ. No personal relationship with Jesus Christ is possible outside of the Pope, the Pope's and the Catholic Church's mediation. <laughs> Trying to take the place of Jesus. And that's just a few of the stupid things he says. I mean, that right there's enough to say, okay, done with you, dude. Now, listen, I say things like that. That doesn't mean I'm talking about every, every Catholic. I'm talking about this, this system in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. There are saved Catholics. Born again just as much as you and I are. You know, you can't say somebody's a Christian because they're a Methodist or a Baptist or, a, or whatever. And you can't say somebody's not a Christian because they're a Catholic. You understand? So we're not talking about the, the average layman. That's between them and the Lord, whether they have what they have done with Jesus. Not, not, not whether they're part of the Catholic hierarchy. Come on, somebody. Anyway, I don't know where that all came from. But anyway, um, you can listen. There, there are many antichrists where it came from. That's the spirit of antichrist. Go to, go to 1 John chapter number 2 and you can find it there. He said there's already many antichrists in the world. That doesn't mean that the one that the Bible prophesies is going to be the antichrist in the tribulation is on the scene yet. He might be, he might be alive. I wouldn't doubt that. But I don't mean he's, he's in that place where he's going to be doing all that the Bible says. But... Um, Anyway, I'm trying to save some time here. That spirit is already in the world. And you can sense it sometimes. If you have any spiritual perception, you can hear people like Klaus Swash, whatever you say his name, uh, the head of the World Economic Forum. 
you can hear him talking and almost it just sends creepy chills through you that man has a strong spirit of antichrist on him amen they're the ones that want to depopulate the world they're the ones through them not that man particularly but through that group they're the ones that said you own nothing and be happy what they're saying is they're going to own it all and they, they want to take America down they want they want to I'm just, I'm just, see, some of these things, they sound all churchy and flowery until I bring it home, and then you go, oh, I see what he's talking about. You can hear that spirit talking through people sometimes today. Um, somebody said, well, who owns nothing and is happy? I'll tell you who. Slaves. No, 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 Pastor. Slaves aren't happy. No, they're not. But when the master's around, I'm happy. I'm happy. Because I can't buy or sell without your mark on my hand. So I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. No, you're not. I'm telling you, the spirit of Antichrist is strong on people like Bill Gates and people like... Some of these people, they're, they're, they're wacko. Anyway, go over with me to Second Thessalonians. Chapter number two. You're there, right? Which verse did I stop at? Uh, verse number five. Let's go there. Remember you not when I was with you, I told you these things. Now you know what withholdeth he with, that he might be revealed in his time. The mystery of iniquity. Now that's the Greek word for lawlessness. The mystery of lawlessness does already work. Only he who now lets, that means withholds, will let or withhold until he be taken out of the way. Now, there's a lot of people that say that's the Holy Spirit because uh, he'll be taken out of the way. Well, that's impossible that he leaves when we leave. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be in us, yeah, but, yeah. but he's not going to leave the earth because there's going to be two witnesses, two witnesses that are going to be strongly anointed of the Holy Ghost doing miracles, and there's going to be 144,000 Jewish evangelists that, like, like this world's never seen. And there's going to be a real harvest out of the uh, tribulation. Well, how can that happen without the Holy Spirit being here? So, no, he's talking about the church. Now, verse 8, then shall that wicked be revealed. The wicked one, in other words. Now, that Greek word is the word for lawless again. Then shall that lawless one. That's one of the things you're seeing in our world today. Lawlessness. We have many laws on the books, but they don't enforce them. Criminals, they, they, they do all kinds of crimes and they just go through, it's like a revolving door at the prison. They just see a little slap on the wrist and they're back out on the streets. And that's why we're seeing crime rise. You see, if you think it's, it's gotten worse here in, in, in our day, it ain't nothing compared to the tribulation. Lawlessness, just people run crazy. And uh, so that wicked one is the, the lawless one. He's going to be revealed in his time. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, that's not when Jesus, not, that's not the tribulation, I mean, excuse me, that's not the uh, rapture of the church. That's the uh, second time Jesus comes after the rapture, after we've been in heaven for seven years. He's going to return on a white horse. He's going to have a sword in his mouth, the Bible says. We're going to be riding with him. And uh, he's going to destroy the nations that have come against Israel. 
Uh, he's going to set his foot on the earth at that point. Zechariah chapter number 12, 12, I believe, talks about it. Zechariah 12 is very clear about it. It's very obvious that Zechariah 12 is different than here in 2, Corinthians, or 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Because here, he doesn't ever set his foot on the ground. Zechariah 12, he does. And there's an earthquake. The Mount of Olives splits. He sits, on, he sits his foot on the Mount of Olives. It splits. And those that are... Uh, Israel will behold him and mourn for him whom they have pierced. Now he, he destroys all the nations of the earth that are coming against Israel at that, in that battle. And uh, then he sets up his earthly kingdom and we rule and reign with him. But that's what this is talking about. He, uh, the Lord will destroy him with the brightness of his coming uh, and with the, uh, the spirit of his mouth. Somebody said, that's the sword of the Spirit. Yeah, but it's the word that he's speaking. How many of you know we have that sword today? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But he's coming back with that. He's going to make declarations. That's why you need to learn how to speak the word. And deal with the enemy, because you need to practice for that ride. And then he's going to destroy him, even him, verse 9, whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, look at this, this is what I'm trying to get to, God shall send them strong delusions that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, the delusion is going to get so strong that they're going to believe him when he goes into the temple. Jesus talked about the desolation, abomination of desolation. Uh, He's going to go into the temple after three and a half years uh, of the uh, agreement with Israel, probably most likely to get the temple built. He's going to go in there. He's going to sit down and say, okay, uh, I'm stopping all the sacrifices, and uh, you all have to worship me. Everything that is called God, they're not God, I'm God. Worship me. Then all hell breaks loose. Thank God we're not here for that. But uh, the point I'm making is that he is is, uh, going to be followed. People are going to fall for that. Uh, he says here that he deceives uh, he, he's a deceiver verse number 10 verse 9 talks about lying wonders and deceivableness of unrighteousness and them perish because they receive not the love of the truth notice deception and for that cause God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie so notice the end times is full of delusion full of, I'm getting to something, it might seem like I got off the subject, but I'm getting to something, it's full of strong deceptions. It used the word strong here. Uh, Things that, yes Lord, I'll I'll say that, thank you. Things that today seem strong will be nothing compared to that day. But we are beginning to see delusion. Anybody beginning to see delusion? It's getting beyond deception. It's just delusional. It's just, it doesn't, it's completely irrational. Amen. And what I mean by that is, no, we're not in the, we're not in the uh, tribulation, but I'm saying that thing is in our culture. And this is one of those things that's all over the world. It's getting stronger and stronger. 
What, what, what did I say all that for? Because you need to be constantly washed with the water of the Word. The Bible says that, that Jesus is today what preparing His bride. Ephesians, remember chapter number, what is that, chapter number 4? He's constantly washing us with the water of the Word that He might present us to Himself, a glorious church. He's preparing us. Part of the preparation is being washed with the water of the Word. Now get this, from the delusion. From the squirrely thinking. And I'll tell you, if you just relax a little bit in the day we live in, some of this delusion will get into your thinking. Can I just share a few delusions with you lately? Now, before I say this, some of these things, some of these delusions will be in the area of the culture around us. Some of it will be in government. Some of it will be in the church. I don't mean the true church. I mean the religious world. I made a discovery today I have not heard a single person talk about. The Pope is now building, it's going to be done by this year, he is building over in uh, United Arab Emirates. He, is, he made an agreement with the imam over there, and he's building, oh, what is that called? Abrahamic Family House. He's got a mosque, he's got a church, or a Catholic church, and he's got a, uh, a Jewish, I believe if I heard right, he's got a synagogue there. They're building these, and we all want to get along. Well, I don't believe in, you know, killing or anything like that. But my point is, no, I can't be in unity. See, he's trying to get all the religions of the world in unity. I didn't even believe. I had to look at a few different places to make sure that they were telling the truth. And it, it is actually a fact. It's going to be done by this year. The, the buildings are going to be done by this year. Wow. I don't know what time this year, but sometime this year they said. Wow. Huh? Yeah, come on. No mention of Jesus' blood. Yeah. You can't convert a Muslim on that property to Christianity. Wow. It's illegal. Wow. In other words, he's saying there's many ways to God. We just need to all get along. Right. I mean, you believe that way, great. You're going to go to God that way. Come on. Yeah, come on. No, the Bible says... Jesus, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. There's not many ways. Sorry, Oprah, but there's not many ways. Amen. But see, if you're not constantly washed in the water of the Word, which is church is one place you get that. But if you're not constantly, some of these things start creeping in. So I said there's delusions in different areas. Um, okay. Let me just give you a few in the, in the culture around us and in the uh, society and in government sometimes. Here's a couple of them. You want to just think about a few things? Um, uh, so notice he said strong delusions here. Amen. Take this one. This is in the area of our government. Don't, don't think I'm getting political. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about delusion. How about the nuclear agreement with Iran? 
and billions of dollars. That's delusional. Come on, somebody tell me I'm... That's strong delusion. Um, here's one. Um, which, by the way, delusion, and, and Romans 1 talks about uh, turn them over to a reprobate mind in the context of them saying that there's many sexes and things like that, and pushing homosexuality. Um, it says, he, God, because they didn't want to retain God in their thoughts, God turned them over to a reprobate mind. The reprobate mind means a, a mind that just is just, it, it, it's a really the way first time I ever looked it up it means a mind that is void of judgment you don't even you don't even think soundly you understand what I'm talking about and so delusion was when God says okay you want to keep pushing your way and your thinking then he basically says I'm through with you because you don't want the truth then your ability to have even a sound mind to think even rationally is going to be taken from you. Amen. And you won't even recognize the truth staring you in the face. And that's what opens up to a man saying, I'm God, worship me. And people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's delusion. Listen, if you think, people today, they think, oh, I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be, I like the, the Antichrist is going to be cool and everything. Look at the end. He gets put in the bottomless pit yes. forever and ever and ever. There's never been a bigger loser. Other than the devil himself who fills him. Why do you follow a loser? That's delusion. Amen. Well, anyway. Here's another one, the sexualization of children in kindergarten. That you can pick your gender. And our government officials going about and talking about what they intend to do with all this stuff. That's delusion. You need help being, being that off your rocker. I'm not talking about God's help. I'm talking about demonic influences. What, what is wrong with a society that wants to make a little boy a little girl and a little girl a little boy? And what is wrong with parents that are asking them what they want? That's delusion. That's delusion. Uh, uh, so praise the Lord. It's just the truth about it. Amen. So what about um, things like, uh, can you handle any more? Yes, Let's just think about a few things just in our culture around us. Uh, defund the police. What? Some of these things you can't even, you, can't, you, you hear it and you're going, You know what the devil tries to do? He tries to make you think, Am I, is there something wrong with me? And no, it's not you. This is a fulfillment of prophecy. Strong delusions. 
Well, praise the Lord. I think you all get the point. How about pulling out of Afghanistan, leaving our soldiers, leaving our people behind, and, and leaving all our equipment there for them to use? And on top of that, turning over the Americans that were left behind, turning over their biometrics to the Taliban. Pastor, you've gone political. No, you're, you're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about delusion. And I'm, I'm using it, I'm, I'm saying it in terms of things that you're hearing and seeing all the time now. And people are acting like it's normal. The devil wants to desensitize Christians. He wants to make them think, he, he wants to make them think that they're old fogies, they're outdated, this is a new day, a new way of thinking. No, no, no. No, this is not all that. This is delusion. And so you, you can hear just those few things I shared. Um, you can hear delusion every day on the news. I, you can become so disheartened. You, you ask yourself the question, are people really this dumb? Or is it on purpose? Because, whoo. Well, anyhow, these are just the beginnings. <laughs> How many of you went out of here on the first load? <laughs> Amen. And there's a lot of delusions in the church world, which maybe we'll look at some of those at some time, but... Um, Hallelujah. How did I get on all that? Yeah, I guess I got on all that to say that in order to be ready for the, last, for, to the, for the return of Jesus, you have to have your mind constantly washed with the water of the Word, or these things will start to creep in. I get around some people that I don't see every, you know, every, every week or whatever sometimes, just see them a few times a year, and I get around them, and they're not faithful to get their mind washed with the water of the Word. They're not in a good place where they're hearing the right things and so forth and so on, and their minds are fuzzy. Their minds are fuzzy. That's exactly the way the devil wants to do it. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of that tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you're not crazy. <laughs> and you're not the only one in America that, that still thinks some of this stuff is just delusional. You are still the majority. Don't let the devil tell you anything different. Well, praise the Lord. So I just think it's interesting. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. i got to share that story. Um, but I just think it's interesting that... Um, the Lord said to me, tell them, to, to, you know, tell them people I'm coming soon, and then tell them to get ready whenever he talked about, when he moved me into the pastoral ministry. So part of pastoring is just, you know, getting people ready, and part of getting ready, staying full of the Holy Ghost, keep your mind washed in the water of the Word. There's so many things we didn't get to tonight. We talked a little bit about prayer, praying out the plan of God. Um, there's so many things we didn't get to tonight, but, but you can see that, can't you? That, uh, <clears throat> praise God. End time churches. Not the religious world out there that's going goofy. 
There's a lot of delusions in the church world. But the Lord has reminded me twice about a, a, a night dream that I had that I need to share with you. <clears throat> um, this is back in August of 2014, and uh, this won't take too long. I had a dream that I, I had just come out of a church building. I had just finished ministering, preaching, and just come out of a church building. And as I came out of the church building, the church building was facing... Uh, you know toward a street and a street there's a street ran right in front of the church building and uh, let's just say it was facing like where this pulpit's facing like well this iPad I walked out to the street right here the street uh, went west and east and when I walked out of the building this is in a dream I walked out of the building I could see uh, two beasts two two uh, at a distance they looked really like, uh, I would say, just creatures, yeah. Yeah. like a bull or something, yeah. Yeah. like a bull, but it didn't quite look like a bull. But, man, they're coming at a high rate of speed, just a high rate of speed down that road. Yeah. They're running from the east to the west. Some dreams, the Lord gives you information that you wonder, why do I, why do I know it's from the... From, did I say from the east to the west? No, they're from, running from the west to the east. Sometimes you, in, in dreams, because the Lord wants you to know certain things, he'll, he'll, make, he'll point something out to you. I knew they're for running from the west to the east. And they, they're, they're big, and they're, they're, they're running at a full rate of speed. And there's, there's a lot of people on the road. And I mean, anybody on this road is in danger because these things aren't going to stop. Right there. They look like they were huge. And when they got real close, I would say they were a couple of tons. Huge beasts. And the, more, the closer they got, they looked more like rhinoceroses. You know, had a horn. And whenever it, it was coming, and I had just walked out. To, I was on the curb. I wasn't on the street. I just finished in a church service preaching. And I walked out, and these two beasts were coming. One was maybe 100 yards behind the other one. The first one, he's running at a full rate of speed, and he's coming, and he's coming right down the middle of that street. And when he got to, I don't know, certain distance from me, he turned and started coming for me, but he, had, he was at such a high rate of speed, he couldn't, he couldn't get to me. And he went past me, and the church, let's just say the church building is here. There was like a vestibule out front. And it had a little roof over it and two walls, but it's just the two doors, you know, you just walk out of the church door and it's just a little protection from the rain or something, you know. And uh, that thing missed me, but he came around and he hit one of these walls on that little vestibule and, I mean, uh, uh, bricks went exploding everywhere. And it didn't even slow him down. He just kept on going down the street. And for some reason, whenever he got close to me, I never had any fear. It wasn't, it wasn't a fearful thing. It was, cause it was to me, I was safe because of the truth I had. And, uh, and uh, so he, he missed me. He came and just blew that wall out. And when he came by me, I could get a better look at him. And that's why I called him, looked like a rhinoceros. But, but his eyes, for some reason, his eyes stood out to me. And I knew later why. But his eyes, they were closed. When he was running full speed, they were closed. And when he was running by me, I looked at his eyes for some reason. I was drawn to his eyes. I believe in the dreams. God will show you certain things. But I was drawn to his eyes. And it didn't even look like there was an eyeball behind the eyelid. You know, you could tell. Somebody's got their eyes closed. Yeah, they got an eyeball. 
<laughs> but if they don't, you can tell that too. But it looked like maybe there was a little dried up raisin in there or something, and his eyes were closed, and he's, he's just running full speed. He can't even see where he's going. He's blind. And uh, that thing ran past me and missed me. And then the second one, maybe 100 yards behind him, full rate of speed, just as fast, came barreling and, and, and also tried to get in. Really, what I realized then was that he wasn't just trying to get to me. He's trying to get into that church. But I'm standing out there and, and protecting that church. And so the second one came past me, and he also tried to t turn in, but he couldn't. He's just at a high rate of speed, and he just kept on going. And, uh, and whenever that all happened, then I noticed out on the street in front of me, all these people, there was a lot of people on the street. And I mean, a lot of them were in danger. But oh, this thing is uh, running, and out on the street in front of me, I recognized a few people. And it was really unusual. I recognize them because they have attended here at church. But they're out in front. They're out in front. They're in a little, little not, not, not really in a group, but they're all close to one another, maybe you know, 15 feet around or something like that, and uh, within a 15-foot area. And uh, I'm just guessing, you know. But, I'm, but they're all, it's interesting, they're all out there on the street, and they're all looking up to heaven. And, and I looked at them. I thought they were looking at heaven, but their eyes were closed. And really, they couldn't see. And the reason they're looking up, you ever seen a blind person walking? And they're not necessarily always looking like that. Sometimes they're walking like this. That's the way they were. They were blind. They were out on the, on the front, on the, on the street. They're blind. And that's why, and they, they didn't have any direction. They didn't know where to go. They're looking. But I recognized them as people had been to church. Well, I realized those people are in, in danger out there. And, uh, and then I woke up. And I thought, Lord, I, I, and the anointing's all over me. I said, Lord, what is this? I said, what are those creatures? And I, and I started rebuking them in the name of Jesus. And I said, what are those creatures? And he said, they are the spirits of strong delusion who destroy through blindness. Then I realized why their eyes were, you know, just kind of little. It looked like there might be a little raisin in there or something. That's the way I describe it. I don't know how else to describe it. In other words, their eyes, they were blind and their eyes were closed. And I started asking the Lord for the interpretation and it immediately started coming. <clears throat> he said, he, he called them these spirits of strong deception who destroy through blindness. Then, um, then I realized why they were so big. Because they were strong. And they, they were uh, not just little deceptions, they were strong deceptions. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the fact that that one hit that brick wall, and it didn't even hardly slow him down. He just kind of exploded it and went on through. But, I mean, kept on running down the street. He didn't get in the church, but he kept on running down the street. And so that, that thing was so strong that he, he could do that. And uh, it seemed to be that when, I, when then I started getting the interpretation, he started telling me churches and people that are in churches who have strong pastors are going to be in protection from strong delusions in these last days. Amen. Where there is a true pastor with the true word of God being preached and the Holy Spirit is allowed to move. Outside the church, on the street, 
out in, uh, you know, culture, so to speak, these creatures are running wild, and there are many things to deceive. And people are in danger. Amen? Notice the, the church seemed to be this thing's target. They were trying to get into the church. Trying to get into the church. Not here. Not on my watch. Amen. And uh, when the Lord gave me that, I forgot about it for a while. And this afternoon, I was just meditating on some of these things. And this issue of delusions was coming up. And the Lord reminded me of it. I said, man, it's been so long, I don't even know if I can quote it. And I had to look it up because I write these things down. Because yeah. if the Lord's saying something, we need to hear it. And so there's protection in the last days being in a place where just the sound, true Word of God is being preached. And we need that because uh, there's not only needing to be protection. Remember, Bible said in 1 Timothy, you can stand up with me. But in 1 Timothy chapter number 3, it talks about in the last days, perilous times shall come. That word in the Greek means dangerous. There's, these are not just dangerous times, you know, maybe physically or something like that. These are spiritually dangerous times. You know what I mean by this crazy doctrines running around? Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. You're, you're maybe not aware of some of the stuff that happens out there. but uh, And that's probably a good thing. Because those things open, deception opens the door to demons. Satan, the Bible says, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But have you ever noticed the Bible says after he's, and he's still the same today, but I'm just saying how the Bible says after the, tribu I mean, after the tribulation, he's going to be put in the bottomless pit, and he's going to be there. And then after a thousand years, he's going to be let out for a little season. And you remember what the Bible said he does? He goes around to deceive the nations, to deceive the nations. Well, I thought he goes about to steal, kill, and destroy. He does, but he, he can't do that unless he deceives people. He has to be able to deceive people. Amen? So I'm telling you, wash your mind. Wash your thinking. Watch what you pay attention to on the news. Watch which voices you're hearing. There's the spirit of Antichrist just talking out there. So you've got to guard your heart. Amen? In Matthew 24, when Jesus said, you know, the disciples said, when shall these things be? And when shall you be? When will you be coming again? And so forth. Jesus, the very first thing he said was, see that no man deceive you. There's going to be some stuff hit this planet. And it'll come through some religious groups. That is going to be off the rocker crazy. I'm telling you the truth. And uh, see that you aren't deceived. Amen. The second warning he gave us is, let not your heart be troubled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not concerned about my protection. I'm not concerned about all the stuff that, you know, you know persecution and things like that. I, I'm, I'm kept. Anybody else kept? But I'm guarding my heart against deceptions too. Listen, we don't, we don't hate people. But we do hate what binds people. So, no, we're not haters because people say, well, you're just a hater. No, we're, we're protectors of people losing the soundness and getting into delusion that sends them to hell. We love people too much. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? Ah, uh, we might hear some things on the Internet, but we're just going to go just, just love them and just keep on preaching the truth. Amen.
Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. I like being in the company I am because there's such protection, such soundness, that, you know, no goofiness, no... I just say it. One of the things it, it it kind of I don't I don't I don't mean this in an unbelief way, but it was it was a pleasant surprise. One of the things we heard in Kansas City, we're looking for the right kind of church that preaches the counsel of God's word. That just tells you there's a there's a remnant out there that's hungry, that's not going along with all the woke and which is a joke, you know. I, I sometimes want to ask people, is this a joke? Right, right. Right, defund the police. You're, you're joking, right? You're, you're not. You are serious? No, you're joking. <laughs> Amen. But sad to say, some churches are going along with some stuff. Hallelujah for soundness. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I can tell you stories of people that were being so blessed by the Word of God who started listening to wrong things on the internet and a demon got a hold of their mind. Somebody said, you know that? I saw it. My eyes were spiritually open. I saw it sitting on their shoulder talking in their ear. And they went, they went off the deep end. They're so far into uh, twistedness today that even most people in the world would call it twisted. Does that make sense? See, these things are not playing games. These evil spirits are not playing games. You've got to guard what you pay attention to. Guard. You don't have to listen to every prophet on, the, on YouTube and everything they're saying. Amen. I'm not saying there's not good people on there. I'm just saying there's a lot of craziness on there. Well, hallelujah. I'm going to sleep good tonight. Anybody else going to sleep good tonight? <laughs> hallelujah. When you see these things begin to come to pass, we're seeing them begin. Look up. <laughs> your redemption draws not but let's take as many people as we can with us we don't because we love people we don't want them to have to go through the tribulation they can get saved in the tribulation but why, why, have, to, why have to go through that amen praise the Lord